0: Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to uplevel their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to uplevel your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro-science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. Everybody, welcome back to the Nutrition Edit. I'm excited to have you here today, and I have one of my favorite clients of all time, Genevieve Waldman, joining me today, and we're going to be talking about what I call strategic indulgence. So welcome, Genevieve. Why don't you kick us
1: off and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Well, what an introduction. Thank you, Uh, Gene. You're my favorite coach of all time. How about that one? Well, Thank you for having me. I'm uh, my name is Genevieve Waldman, and I am an executive, and I travel a lot for work. I definitely have the challenges most people, I think, do when it comes to balancing your work life and your personal life, and certainly your personal goals like nutrition. And you and I have had you and I have had these, this conversation many times, but I, I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm super excited to
0: have you here. And I know that you're an extremely busy person. So I appreciate your time. And I just feel like my listeners have a lot that they can learn from you and take away. So why don't you, well, just give us an overview of kind of what your lifestyle looks mm-hmm. like and why you decided to seek out someone like me to help you with nutrition. And what were your kind of main concerns and challenges when you first came
1: Gosh, to Gosh, okay. Well, like I said, I travel a lot for work. So, so a lot of the concerns were really getting a handle. Uh, I, I, I just had a place in my life where I, was, I had just turned 50. And I was looking at, you know, I just don't want to keep doing these yo-yo diets. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I want to be safe with my body. I want to teach my body. I want to teach my head for that matter, how I can move through. I kept having this mantra on my 50th year. Like I know what I've done now for the last 50 years. What am I going to do for the next 50 years? So I'm very uh, optimistic, of course. And I know that a lot of that has to do with what I put in my body. And I just decided to get serious about it. I had been thinking about finding a coach. I had actually worked with a nutritionist, a medical nutritionist that my doctor prescribed me. And she felt a little too rigid in her Mm -hmm. coaching to me. It wasn't even coaching. It was more prescriptions, (laughs) if you will. And I, I, I didn't feel she understood that my lifestyle is such that I don't have a lot of those opportunities to just be in one place so i'm in public relations so i also uh, entertain a lot so right. when i f- first heard about you you had said something that was that i'd never heard before uh, some of the stuff you had shared with the presentation you were giving i'd never heard from somebody who was a, a nutrition coach before and i i was intrigued so I looked you up, <laughs> uh, realized that you were local too, although we still we we hadn't actually physically met for years because of the pandemic. But I um, was just so intrigued with your message. And we've talked about it before, but it, it really is stuff that I hadn't heard before. Your approach was a lot more about what the reality is and what my specific challenges were for that given week or month. And we talked about that. And we talked about challenges that I was, that I was facing. So how I came to you was really a chapter in my life that I, I really needed. I wanted to get more serious about. I know that being healthy starts with what you put in your body. It's not just about being on the Peloton for an hour or, or right, exactly. <laughs> for a walk. In fact, I learned very quickly that it has much more to do. I, I should say it right. being weight maintenance or losing weight or, or health has much more to do with what you eat than what mm-hmm. you're burning. Right. Uh, obviously, even after 40, you, you need to have you know, weight training or, or exercise, of course. I'm not discounting that by any stretch. I'm just saying, right, of course. The nutrition part of it was the shocking part of it that where I dropped weight. Now, I'll put the caveat that I'm a healthy person. So I, I know that there are people who have other situations that they're dealing with. But for a, a relatively healthy person, I was able to. Drop weight a lot quicker when it came to what I was putting in my mouth, (laughs) versus killing myself at the gym. Exactly, just trying to compensate for it with with yeah. And I mean, it exercise isn't going to do any you you any good if you also you know feel sluggish or crummy. I found that when we were working together, especially, I felt just more efficient. Like I, I know we talked about like. It's like the engine was revving better. (laughs) If you're going to take an analogy to a car, I was putting the right gasoline in. Yeah. I actually love that analogy
0: because, and I was just listening to a podcast episode with Dr. Mark Hyman on his doctor's pharmacy Uh podcast with Dr. William Lee, and he makes the exact same comparison that, you know, with a car and obviously it's a much more simple machine than a female Mm. body. However, if you put in poor quality gasoline, once in a while, it's probably not going to affect the overall performance of your vehicle. But if you put it in consistently, right. poor quality fuel over yeah. and over, it will degrade the performance of the car and things will start
1: going wrong, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've also had <laughs> the, the the pleasure and opportunity to dine with you out in the wor- in the real world. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it's fun to see that, you know, you and I make similar choice. Obviously you would. But that I really... Put a focus on what I'm ordering, and also what these fuels are doing to my body, mm-hmm. how my body reacts to it. And as you recall, we did a, a, an elimination diet, right? And yep. as you also recall, I was having—I was actually so fascinated with that. I really loved the the work what we did there. And as you recall, it was only like 21 days, but I—I I, I told you, yep. I told <laughs> you, I'm going. I'm doubling it, so I did it. I did it for 42 days. I know you're such a rock star.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it well. amazing. Well, and to clarify, <laughs> everybody who's listening, so Genevieve is talking about my 21 day reboot <laughs> that we do, which is essentially just an anti-inflammatory elimination diet. It's not calorie no. restricted. It's actually quite a yeah. lot of food. So it's not like you have to white knuckle no. through oh God, you no. know, three weeks or,
1: or six weeks <laughs> for that matter
0: of, you know, bland, nasty food where you're starving all the time. Like that is just not.
1: Absolutely not. Not at all. (laughs) Uh, We can certainly get into that. But honestly, that was such a learning experience for me because I found which foods really certain, and and I know you're not going to be surprised to hear this, uh, GMO foods were causing Mm -hmm. a lot of inflammation. And if I go back to your first question, I think that's probably part of it too. I knew that there was something I was eating or things that I was eating or combinations of things that I was eating that was giving me gas or bloating, or I, I just felt yeah. like this doesn't seem right. It's not digesting right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that ex- <laughs> yeah. exercise, um, the the reboot, and then the, that I doubled it was really important for me to understand more about how my body, at, at least at this age, because good good Lord, I mean, put me in my teenage years or my even twenties or thirties, like I could eat <laughs> pretty much anything I wanted, but it just gets a little sluggish, more sluggish and slower as you are entering menopause.
0: Well, yeah, and you know it's so interesting because there's some that same podcast I was just listening to, um, which I can share in the show notes for everybody. But we have this new amazing research on the human metabolism and what changes and what doesn't mm. over time, and actually our metabolic rates, so to speak. Between, I think it's like 20 and 60, in our 60s, doesn't actually change oh. that much. What does change, though, are <laughs> hormones, especially women. Uh-huh. Like we just have a more complex yeah, yep. sure, right? Well, hormones change drastically. And I also believe that just the fact that we have more toxic exposure over our lifetime, our liver is working mm. harder to eliminate. And if we don't shift, the foods that we're putting in to create more of an optimal chemistry Mm -hmm. situation, hormonal situation, and address metabolism, so to speak, on a cellular level versus just viewing it as the sort of top level, like, you know, calories in, calories out thing, which we now know is kind Mm -hmm. of nonsense. You know, if we're making those correct shifts, that's when we can really see a change. And if we're just trying to do what we did when we were, you know, in our twenties of like, okay, I'm just going to eat a <laughs> little less and hit the, you know, the yeah. gym a little bit more. It doesn't it work. Doesn't it work. doesn't work. It just doesn't things. <laughs> Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I wanted to pop in and let you know that applications are open for my Body Liberation Together group coaching program. We kick things off on June 19th, and you may be thinking, but it's summer, I've got kids at home, travel, barbecues, etc." But because of all these things, it's actually a great time to learn how to honor your body in any scenario. And this program is not a rigid diet or protocol that requires being at home in a controlled environment. You'll learn how to make the foundational changes to decrease stress, increase your energy, and create a healthy metabolism so you can end the vicious cycle of dieting, burning out, abusing your body, and dieting again to get back on track. You'll receive both group and one-on-one nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle coaching to help you establish habits that you can stick to for results that last go to joliverwellness.com forward slash body dash liberation dash together to get the details and apply to join before doors close on June 12th. And don't worry, I'll put that link in the show notes. This group is limited to just eight people. So apply now to save your spot, and then we'll schedule a free 30 minute chat to make sure it's the right fit for you before you commit. I look forward to connecting with you. And now back to the show. And I think that, you know, you were so wise to really embrace that. And what I really loved and appreciated about you and working with you is that you really approached things with such curiosity Mm. instead of Mm -hmm. judgment. And you were so open to like, okay, I really want to learn. Like, how is this going to work for my body? How does that not work for my body? And I think that that's one big mistake that people can make when they commit to working on their nutrition, their new, mm-hmm. fit, their fitness, and lifestyle right. change, right? They have this sort of set expectation of how things should be, or how you'd yeah. like them to be, of that magical <laughs> thinking, or else just misinformation that we've been fed in either you know the medical world or the diet industry or the fitness industry mm. for decades. And so- having to sort of relearn some of those things and unlearn no. things, it's a big hurdle. And you're just a great example of, I really feel that you harnessed your mindset mm-hmm. in a way that you're open and teachable and excited and curious. And I think that that's a really key quality when you want to be successful in lifestyle change.
1: Yes. Lasts, yes. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I really appreciated that. Tell me a little bit, like how would you say that your relationship with food changed over the course of the last uh, couple of years?
1: It's definitely in, in the vein of what we just were discussing. I, it is about being a fuel for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. And I do exactly. search out great food experiences. I travel a lot for work, but I also travel a lot for personal. I just had the most mm-hmm. amazing experience going to Morocco. <laughs> yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was a culinary tour. It was, a, it was designed that way. We traveled with a chef. I mean, the whole goal was to understand this culture through the food. And so I'm so not going to stop doing these things. You know, right. I also, on the way back, had the pleasure, you had to fly through one city of flying through Paris. And I took that opportunity to have a wonderful traditional French bistro meal in Paris that night. So hey, this doesn't hey. mean that my enjoyment and savoring of food stops. It's more I look at it as a fuel as well, and and so yeah, and that's that's what's the, is the main shift, if I could call it that. And it also doesn't mean that I don't go to people's birthday parties and eat a piece of cake, and it doesn't mean that I don't drink right. champagne on New Year's. Like these are these <laughs> don't stop. It's just. The, yeah. It's just like you said, a different mindset. It is, and that's you know that's why
0: I use the term strategic mm-hmm. indulgence, and you know, you use yeah. term over and over. I've used it all the time in my work with clients. I've said it a million yeah. times on this podcast. But yes, it's not about being deprived all, all no, the time, no. and depriving yourself constantly. But it's also not eating like an <laughs> asshole, so to speak. Like we're in college right. dorm and we're eating Doritos and stuff all day. It like that's not it doesn't serve well. me, and it
1: also doesn't even appeal to me
0: anymore to eat like that. Yes. Yes. And I mean, as you can testify to, our tastes change. When we start to eat the food that fuels our bodies and gives us what we actually Mm -hmm. need, we start to desire those foods Mm -hmm. more. And the strategy piece is about, okay, yeah, if we were indulging all the time and too regularly, That's problematic. It will impede our goals. It can be inflammatory and harmful and unhealthy in so many ways. But, you know, it's not that wonderful, indulgent meal Mm -hmm. in Paris that throws us off. It's the day-to-day choices that we make. And if we know like, hey, I've got this birthday party coming up or have this trip coming up, we can kind of go, okay, I'm going to really just be mindful about what I'm eating Mm -hmm. in my day-to-day life, right? So that when – those opportunities to enjoy something that's truly special where i'm present and i'm mindful and i'm really enjoying it with all of my mm, senses yeah. and savoring it and really experiencing it like then we don't have to have any like guilt or shame not that we should have guilt or shame around no. food in the first place but we can enjoy those things and know that it's not problematic Cor- for correct us, right and i've talked before about being a former mm-hmm, binge eater yeah yeah,
1: yeah. hello like I know what it means to eat right. mindlessly. Yes. <laughs> I can also relate. I went through a divorce. I went through, there, there's a lot of emotional changes that have gone on in anyone's mm-hmm. lives. I'll just, I can only speak about my own. But when those things happen, let's say, because I've also had some deaths that were pretty impactful and, and just, it turned yeah. into mindless eating to mm-hmm. uh, self-soothe. And I read something right. that said, don't beat yourself up over that because self soothing is actually what we are trained to do from birth. And exactly, you, it's part you of being human. and human. we've talked about this many times. When you're nursing, that's also self soothing and that is food. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's also about forgiveness and having a, a moment, whether you, if it's an emotional, situation and you've you've gone off plan. This is something you taught me too because I would be very judgmental about like (laughs) I blew it. And you were like, like no, no, no. I I just want to, you know, have your listeners understand. Like really it really just means and and not be judgmental about it. Just say you've gone off plan. That does that's just take the energy out of that. The other thing you the mantra that I continue to say to myself is you're one Meal away from getting back on track. So, all right, I had maybe a, a big, overindulgent dinner or lunch. Well, I just the next meal will can be right back on track. Right. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, yeah, and I have to credit that saying to my teacher, Dr. Jade Tita, who great, all the great. Well, <laughs> he coined that phrase, <laughs> but it's true. It's you're only one choice or one meal away from. Being right back on track. And I think that we tend to be – many people get stuck in that all yeah. nothing mindset or thinking like, oh, well, I made a bad choice my whole day. Is that? Right. Oh, they use it as sure. an excuse to just be like, okay, I'm throwing the day out the window. I'm just going to go hug I've done that. Day. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too many times, you know. Um, I don't miss no. it. No. I don't miss that. Because in the moment, it feels like Mm -hmm. it's a good idea. And our brain's like, oh, yeah, give me that blissy, you know, dopamine hit food. And it feels great in the moment until you feel like shit later and you're inflamed and and whatever. And it throws off your sleep. And the next day you regret it. And it's like, well, this isn't what I want for myself. Why do I keep doing this?
1: Exactly. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's so liberating when we can just make – those small choices yeah. yeah, here and there and understand like, Oh wait, I'm actually okay when I say no to these things. And again, it's not about no depriving yourself, but it's also like just eating whatever we want, whenever we want, when it's not food that's mm. nutritious yeah. or good for us. I think that it's important for us to realize like that's not body positivity. That's not self-love. That's just indulging yourself in your brain in the moment. Those are, Detrimental, harmful foods for yeah. health. Like, that's not, if we're actually really loving our bodies and we're, you know, wanting to be body positive, I think we need to start looking at food as how can I best honor my body with this? Like, what is it doing for me? Like you say, like looking at it as fuel on some level, like how is this helping me function and enjoy right. my life the most? That's 100% right. right? What were the challenges when we talk about, you know, you're one of the most social people <laughs> I know. Like you have such active social life. Like you said, yeah. you travel a ton. And I think one of the big concerns that people have that I always hear from my clients is, oh, well, I did, you know, a Whole30, for example, or, or whatever like diet they're doing or protocol that they're following. And it wasn't sustainable for me. And I said, well, why wasn't it sustainable? And they're like, well, I could never eat out. I could never go to a friend's house and eat. Like I just – I didn't know what to do when I was traveling and – You know, I didn't want to be Mm. that girl at the restaurant that has to have, you know, a special order for her or whatever. So when you started shifting the way that you were eating, what are some of the challenges that came up for you? And how do you feel that you've Mm. changed your approach to those those
1: things or settings? I I don't want it to sound so – that it was so easy because it wasn't. But it was so important to me, obviously, that I, I made this shift and I was working on it. And I found that being able to talk to my friends about that and asking for their support was key. Mm -hmm. Friends and family, of course. But like, hey, guys, you know, yes, I'm happy to come over for dinner tonight. But, you know, here's the deal. I'm working on this program and I'd like us to think about being more cognizant about the nutrition of the food that we're eating. I mean it was it's an easier conversation, but here's how I looked at it. Like I have plenty of friends who come to my house for dinner who say, Oh, I'm a vegan or a vegetarian or I don't eat fish. Like, okay, I'm happy to accommodate. And by the way, everybody that I talked to was like, great, fantastic. Or I would even Uh. offer to bring the food. Or I went away for a weekend with a girlfriend and I said, Hey, I'm really working on my nutrition. So I'd like to be in charge of, so, so I can also show you, she was totally fine with it. I can show you some of the recipes that I've been trying out, or we're going to definitely have salad, or we're definitely going to, but you know, I, I found that just talking to people about what my goals were, um, because I didn't think of it as an intimidating thing, because so many people tell me, oh, well, I don't eat this, or i do eat this. And I, you know, I don't, you know, so they were the ones putting parameters on me. So I'm like, Hey, I'd love your support. That's how I phrased it. Like, I'd love yeah. your support because I'm doing this for me and I'm learning a lot. Oh. And I'd love to tell you about that and not be too preaching about it, but that's how I handled it. But again, let me yeah. reiterate, it didn't mean that I didn't eat the cake when it was somebody's birthday right. or something like that, and because I just find people like that obnoxious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there are people with genuine like I have some genuine food intolerances. Some of my sure. clients are genuine like they cannot eat like I just can't do gluten. And I really can't do dairy. But most people, I'm like that. Cake looks amazing. I will you know totally. encourage people to enjoy it, whatever. And it's, it's just not worth the trade off for me to have something like that because I feel totally. so rotten. And people are understanding. It's like. They are. You know, I think that if people don't have celiac, right. like I'm not a celiac, I don't have celiac disease. So some people feel like, oh, well, you're just being like fake about it. You know what? That's I, your issue. Yeah. If you don't want to believe rid- that I have ridiculous. a reaction to it, but that's not going to stop me from taking care of my body. Like, if yeah. it's one thing if you walk into a restaurant and you're a princess, that's
1: different. It's not me about it. Like, <laughs> no, I, I agree. <laughs> act Like that, right? That's, that's who I'm talking it's about who are the obnoxious story. people, right? <laughs> No, and, uh, you're, and you yeah. know the thing is, I also have a food allergy. So I, I maybe I was mm. getting used to just asking because it's it, I have a, a pretty severe. Yeah. I carry an EpiPen. In in fact, uh, severe allergy, and I, I'm very clear when I go into a restaurant, like, and the food cannot contaminate the other food. Like, so I'm already. I was already there. Right. <laughs> so. It, yeah, you know, yeah. I, if I'm asking, can you please not make that with cheese? It wasn't a bridge too far. I'm just asking for what, right. how I want it if I'm in a restaurant. And with my friends, they were so understanding. So I can't say that I, I had a hard yeah. time with that.
0: Yeah, which is a really good thing. I well, Let's talk a little bit about yeah. alcohol because that is an interesting one that I think a lot of people struggle with. And a lot of people's social lives and whole support system revolve around eating and drinking, right? And I know that the alcohol piece mm-hmm. can be a real challenge for people. And it's, you know, look, I enjoy good wine. I love good scotch. Mm. I love a good craft cocktail now and then. It, I do have a lot of addiction in my family. So I'm cautious. I try to be really cautious and and mindful of that with myself and make sure that I'm, you know, you and I have talked about that concept of enjoying versus using, right? And using is when we're kind of numbing out or anesthetizing with whatever it is, food, alcohol, weed, whatever drug of choice, right? But I think that alcohol is one of those things where alcohol and sugar, people feel really free to pressure you
1: yeah, to do it to
0: partake, and I know that you know that was something that you were just really smart about. And I don't know. Tell us more about how you navigated that, both just on your yeah, own and sure. in, in your social. And,
1: and oh, I'm no teetotaler, <laughs> so I'll be very clear about that. But there were some strategies I used, especially when I was going through the, the full detox. But I didn't drink at all. I'm also acknowledging that I don't have an addiction problem. So I I acknowledge that there are people who do. But so some of my strategies were, you know, if I was out at a bar with friends, I could easily ask for, I started doing cranberry juice and soda because it kind of looks like a drink and you, you put a little lime in it, but then I realized how much sugar... (laughs) cranberry juice has so my new strategy was because cranberry juice had so much sugar I started just doing just regular like Pellegrino or soda water and added bitters Mm, because it also gives another little flavor to it and actually I didn't care whether people were saying oh you're not drinking (laughs) you know maybe luckily people around me and my friends and work colleagues they would never say like, oh, why aren't you drinking? But, you know, soda, water, bitters, that that was a good alternative. I enjoyed making mocktails, <laughs> and I enjoyed making different ones for myself and, and trying that out. I do like a drink. Don't get me wrong. And, that, you know, most mostly if I'm going out, I have uh, vodka and soda because it has the least amount of sugar. And I, I do love a lime or <laughs> two in my drink. But you know, just being cognizant of that, um, I do like you. I love a glass of wine with dinner, but I also know that if I'm going to indulge, that's one of my things to think about. Like, all right, tonight I am going to have wine because I'm having this wonderful dinner, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. But you know, the other thing to keep in mind, and I frequently think about it when I have uh, done some some of those nights, is once you start putting alcohol in your body if your goals are to have fat loss, that goes out the window. Like (laughs) it stops anything from your body burning anything. And one of the reasons I know that is, and you and I have talked about it, uh, because of the work we did, I started doing things more like I wanted to know more. I wanted to just learn more about ketones and, and all of that stuff. So I've been doing that where I'll test my ketones in the mornings as I wake up. And then after yeah. after a meal, and, and etc. And I'm I'm seeing the empirical data right. that when yeah. I have a night like that, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm waking up and I am not in fat burn at all. Isn't that so helpful? I yeah,
0: I love that. I think that that's yeah. a great tool. And you know, everyone's different. Some people aren't as data driven, but I totally am. And I, am. I haven't been measuring ketones, but at least recently, but. Back when I did, absolutely, I could see a massive difference. Couldn't believe and, it. And just like sleep quality, which you know I won't get into because I've talked about that before. But I use an Aura Ring, and it's really helpful to see, like, oh, the nights when I do have a drink, which isn't often. I mean, one or two times a week, right? I'll have a drink, right? It used to be a lot more frequent, mm-hmm. but you know, now that I can see on my <laughs> Phone, like right there. there is. This is how it affects you. Yes. I'm not getting as good as sleep. My recovery isn't as good. Yeah. I don't feel as good the next day. My skin will look bad. Whatever. Right. It's, it's so helpful for me to see, like, oh no, like I can't lie to myself about that. Like this is the reality right in
1: front of me in yep. our data. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it does. And I drink more than you do, but at least I have the information. And I think that's the the biggest learning for me was just being more like like you said, more curious. I What is going on inside the body once I've swallowed something? So how is my body processing it? How is it using it for energy? And why am I frustrated and or stuck to lose weight? Well, hey, (laughs) I got some tweaks for you, you know. Right. So so that's been one of the super helpful parts of of our journey together. So, yeah.
0: Cool. I love that. I love that because – It's coming from an empowered place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a lot. Once in a while, I'll have a client come to me and say, just tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's like, well, (laughs) I can do that. But really, if we're going to create sustainable lifestyle change, like, you're the boss of your body. That's right. You're the one making the choices. I can't come into your home and make your choices for you and do your grocery shopping for you and cook your meals for you those things are all up to you. And I want you, like only you live in your body, not me, not your doctor, nobody else. So you're the one that needs to be empowered to say, how does this affect me as an individual? Mm. How do I want to feel? Where are the places I want to improve or make changes? And then how can I best make the choices that are going to help me make those changes? Like, how can I employ these strategies? Mm -hmm. Like, Maybe you don't have an issue with addiction or alcohol and you want to be able to incorporate it, but not have it impede your progress. Great. Like, let's be empowered. Let's make empowered choices. Let's get educated around this. How does it affect you as an individual? Some people have more of a tolerance than others, Christ. right? I've never had much of a tolerance, sure. so I have to keep it to a minimum. But that's another thing that I was so impressed with with you about is that you were just like, okay, great. I'm empowered with this information and now I'm going to run with it Mm -hmm. versus allowing it to be cumbersome or burdensome or like, well, this is what I should do. And I'm bad if I don't do it. And I'm good if I do it instead just going, okay, I don't have to do all of the things all at once. I'm going to take these things and employ them as I can and use them in ways that work within my lifestyle and with my tastes. Because I think that that's where people get really caught up is they try to follow these like rigid protocols or rigid diets and things like that. It's never about, okay, how do we customize this? Yeah, Right. And if we don't learn to customize it and be really flexible within that and know like, okay, if I'm traveling, how do I plan so I don't get stuck in an airport Mm -hmm. with zero good choices? Yeah. Right. How do I plan for you know, a friend's dinner party, like, how can I make it work for me? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's bringing a dish. Yeah. Maybe that's saying, like like you did, good communication, mm-hmm. asking your friends for what you need yeah. from them, asking for their support, yeah. right? Most of our loved ones are going to be happy to do that. Sometimes they won't sure. be, and that's a whole sure. other episode to <laughs> discuss, you know, when you don't Supportive families—that right. does happen, right? But yeah, I think that being
1: empowered pieces is, is really key. Being empowered for sure. But thank you for giving me so much credit. But if you recall, at <laughs> the beginning, I was me- very much like oh, I was bad. So you know, we really <laughs> yeah. did need to work through that. The word you said, which is resonating with me, is empowerment. And so, mm-hmm. whether it's data or confidence or whatever works for someone. It really is just about being more empowered by the choices you're going to make. I mean, we're all grown adults, right. so nobody's going to handhold us and, and walk us through every process in our life. We have to stand up and start making our own choices. And that's where the place I came to. And just going back to that, it just I was just tired of it. I probably yeah. was the person who was like, just tell me what to do. Just I remember I came to you and I had been on, I don't want to mention programs, but I had been on one of those boxed foods programs, you know, the, the mm-hmm. uh, right. a famous one. And I ate what they told me to eat and did all of that. And I had lost 20 pounds. Sure. And I came to you and you're like, I mean, good. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is actually really more to you, Figure out where the nutrition is because I was eating uh, pancakes and whatever the meals, but I don't know that the nutrition value was where it, I needed nice. to be, and I still felt sluggish. Even though I had yes. dropped twenty pounds, I still felt sluggish. But then when I was on the program with you, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the detox because that oh, that's right. a focus and that's some um, exactly that, that was yeah. that that's different. I'm talking about just our day to day. What choices am I making to fuel my body situation? I felt so much more energized and I slept better and I could perform at work better. I wasn't so sluggish in the afternoons. I mean, then it becomes a choice. And right. at the end of the day, that's how I look at it. And even if I have an off plan day <laughs> or even an off plan week because of travel right. or, or other things, we, we all, have. all even myself, exactly. by the way. Like newsflash, I do this for a living. Yeah, we all have I mean, those. Yeah. don't just throw it all out. Like, get back on track. And for the most part, I'm watching what nutrition I'm putting in my body. Not every meal. Not every single day. No, I'm not, like, preaching it to anybody who will listen. I'm just saying, hey, this is... <laughs> This works for me. And people compliment my skin and they compliment. So it's like, yeah, okay. And I right. drink lots of water and those are all things that we hear. But really, once you get into that routine, and, and it really is, can be a routine. I certainly, I can only speak for myself. I have felt much better. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Have you found any personal tipping points, Genevieve, where the strategic indulgence piece, meaning like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have an amazing meal out with friends or that piece of cake or whatever that might be. Have you come up against any points where you notice like, oh, that's this thing or that thing or the setting or anything like that is actually a slippery slope for me? Of
1: course, I'm human. (laughs) yes of course that that happens to all of us and really that one the way i I tackle that one is forgiveness Mm. and Mm -hmm. you know if i'm in a situation and i've gone off plan or something has triggered me or i see an (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend yeah that'll be right (laughs) (laughs) it just is about forgiveness and having a talk with myself, like sometimes out loud in, in the mirror to myself, mm. sometimes that it takes that much, but you know, I can also just recount with myself, like, it's okay. Okay. yep, Okay. What, what's, what happened? Nothing, nothing bad moving right along, you know? So it's, yeah. it's about yeah. forgiveness and moving forward and, I have really worked on that one because I have, you know, like, like many of us have that little voice inside our head, it always wants to cut us down. But so right. I really work on that one to be like, no, just be quiet. <laughs> like, you know, you're right, gonna, you're gonna right. sit down. The good <laughs> voice in my head and me are gonna be the dominant one here. So I, 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 I do my best.
0: I think that's really powerful and so important because when we beat ourselves up, and again, this is something that I repeat, (laughs) I'm sure I've said it on previous episodes, but we create more anxiety and more stress Mm -hmm. in our brains and our bodies, our heart, and that drives us back to whatever those kind of blissy dopamine or the alcohol or whatever it is that we're disappointed about ourselves Mm -hmm. for using, right? So it's just like it can get into this vicious cycle where- I think it can feel kind of comforting on some level if people are hard on themselves because they feel like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go out of control if I'm not hard on myself. And it actually has the opposite effect. If you could be kind and nurturing and compassionate to yourself, mm-hmm. you're less likely to need to self-soothe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you again, it's coming from a place of empowerment of going, okay, that was interesting. Yeah. What can I learn from that situation or encounter? or episode that will allow me next time to better care for myself in that situation? If I run into Mr. X again, <laughs> like, how can I better care for myself around that? Because I know it's going to bring up emotions. Yeah. I know it's triggering. Yeah. Like, but how can I emerge from that encounter feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm not giving him or whatever it is. Yeah. That control or the power over
1: me. Right. You and I would go talk about those things. Like yeah. in our sessions, I would say, okay, let's look at the month ahead. Let, what What's going on? And or, I mean, you can't uh, predict when you're going to run into an ex, but. <laughs> but, but like, <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, but like, <laughs> we could all look our best. And <laughs> exactly. But it's like, you know, what's your strategy for how you're going to tackle Thanksgiving? Okay. Right. You know, and. What's your strategy for when you go to that person's house for dinner? Okay. You know, a lot of that is right. It's, It's just, how can I learn from this? How can I be better to myself next time? Really, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, you know, I think it's important to point out, too, that a lot of these challenges that many of us face in familial social settings, are somewhat uniquely American or maybe UK or Australia, (laughs) these places that like we have more processed foods, Mm -hmm. you know, less nutritious Mm -hmm. foods that are the norms. It's not like people in the Mediterranean or in Asia or other parts of the world where it's it's not like they don't struggle with negative family dynamics Mm. or running. They do. But because coming together and having food doesn't necessarily involve the same like level of, processed, non-nutritious mm-hmm. foods in their regular diet. There's not that association where like, oh, when we go home for holidays, we're just going to like chow down on all this like garbage mm-hmm. food, right? Right. That's just loaded with sugar and starches and, and things that are giving us anything that we need. I only bring that up because I think that we assume like, oh, well, it's normal. Yeah, it's normal in our culture to eat all these right. things. But it doesn't have to be like that. We can still enjoy and indulge in like beautiful foods and family gatherings and social gatherings with beautiful, incredible, enjoyable food. That's actually the norm in a lot of the world. Whereas here, it's like kind of synonymous. It's become synonymous with eating like garbage and high sugar and all this stuff. And it doesn't have to be. And that's a little bit of a rabbit trail, I realize. But I just think it's something that we can be aware of and. We can start to shift that paradigm. And I do think that there is a shift away from heavily, highly processed foods into more real food. Um, but I think that if that's something that is a cultural norm, which it is in a lot of the ni- United States, and a lot of us don't have, a lot of people don't have access to good real food. The processed food is what's available and affordable for them. It's a
1: problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. problem. problem, And it's not just in the United States. But it it, it is a problem that that food, that food Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, is less expensive. So most of the country also doesn't have the education, maybe, um, to know what you know, that this food is, is better for you. This food is, first of all, it's real. I'm a fan of Jamie Oliver's. I don't know if you know the, the, mm-hmm. the chef. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I lived in London for a while, That's about right. 15 years ago. And I, I like to, I'll bring up this as an example, because I don't think the UK has it figured out either. I'm not. I No, they definitely don't. They're having
0: similar totally struggles. Totally <laughs> similar struggles yeah.
1: at all. But I'll give you my experience. The the first month, six weeks I lived there, I my pants were falling off my hips because, and I will give a caveat that you sure I probably was walking more. Um, I didn't have a car there and I was going to the tube and and doing my going about business. I was traveling to work on a train, sure, all of that. But the food I ate this is again, 15 years ago. So it was a while ago from this transformation. So I dropped all this weight and it was because I believe it's because the food was not as processed as it is here. And I mean, I was going to friends' houses for dinner and we were going out to eat and we were going to the pub. I was, it was definitely not uh, abstemious by any sort of the way. In fact, wasn't it was not a calorie situation. restriction i probably did have right. a little too many pints but uh, <laughs> that is that culture but i did drop weight away and i said what the heck is going on and it, i do yeah. believe it's because the quality of the food and i did and i noticed and they still are that way a lot of my uh, british friends certainly but i see it from europe as well that they go to the market like every couple of days like that they yeah. they're not going and buying food to last them for the next three weeks which yuck <laughs> I mean, it's it's fresh food so and right. less on the gmo uh, end of the spectrum mm-hmm. um i mean you and i talked about pasta and i have pasta now shipped in from i forget the name of the company that you gave me the information for but it's shipped in because it's the original grain so it's not a mm-hmm. GMO grain that we use in the United States. It's um, yeah. i'm corn. That's it. I'm corn wheat from Italy. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So Yeah, it's never been hybridized. Mm-hmm. So even if something's not genetically modified, yeah. it can be sort of selectively bred, so to speak, to be higher right. in gluten, which is what we've done with a lot of the wheat crops in the U.S. You know, we also spray them down with glyphosate to do this desiccation process. It, it's a mess. Sounds awful. It's a mess. It's just, there's so there are literally like thousands of chemicals that we allow into skincare products our food
1: uh-huh. system everything
0: wow. in the US that are not allowed in the EU and much of the rest of right. the world so it really is a genuine issue and i think that when we're talking about empowerment i'm thrilled to see that we have more you know urban farming cropping yeah. up and more awareness there because it's something has to shift mm-hmm. right yeah. It really is a different food supply. I mean, myself, all my clients, anytime that we go to Europe, <laughs> even when like with my clients who are probably overindulging when they're on their trips to Europe, like they, they come back and they just feel better, look better. You know, yes, they're moving more yes. for sure. We all need to move more. Forget exercise. We need to move our bodies more. Like we're really just not designed to sit right, very long right. every day. Right. So yeah, absolutely, that that makes a Mm -hmm. difference. But it's not about a calorie intake versus calorie burn situation. It's this completely different food supply, and there are chemicals we actually call obesogens. Wow, we talked about an episode last season because your body is going to store fat more efficiently. Those chemicals are being sequestered in your in your fat cells as toxins to protect Mm -hmm. you from being poisoned. So. There's a lot of garbage (laughs) that we're exposed. Well, yeah. So, you know, I think that's another important aspect of strategic indulgence is just being mindful that like, hey, what are we putting in our bodies that's working against us? That's actually truly Mm -hmm. toxic. And how can we make better choices? So maybe there's a chip or a cookie or whatever. Like, I love tortilla chips because I love salsa. I love guacamole. I love salty, crunchy things. Well i found some organic grain-free tortilla chips that are cooked in avocado oil. So it (laughs) works, you know, it scratches that Mm -hmm. itch. It's a cleaner, better option. So I just want to encourage people like, you know, it's not like you can never have these foods, snacks, whatever they are that you love again. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's just about kind of choosing wisely. Yeah. And then enjoying it and being present. I think that the whole, you know, using versus enjoying thing is an important concept because often when we get in trouble, like I know with me, when I was binge eating, I would not even really be present or aware or enjoying whatever yeah, that no. I was eating. Like I would down an entire, literally like a whole package of Oreo cookies in a sitting and then be like, oh my God, how did oh, I just eat that
1: whole yeah.
0: thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying now. it's like, oh, and then, you know. I would go and throw it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's a healthy, right? So versus like now I can go to our like little local flying apron gluten-free mm-hmm. bakery on the weekend and get a cookie, given it's a decent sized cookie, but I'm enjoying that cookie. It's satisfying. I'm really present. It was great. And now I don't need it. No, it's time. it's right. actually satisfying. Right. It's not some sad substitute (laughs) that I'm like, you know, trying to. So I think that that's another thing, like just finding that balance between like, okay, how often can I engage in strategic indulgence and the strategic part just meaning like, okay, I'm choosing wisely. I'm choosing carefully. And then when I do have something, like I'm really enjoying it and savoring it. Versus having something more often when it's it's just not that special. Like I always tell people, like, don't waste your time with right. like the crappy Costco cookies or the shitty well, well drinks. Have something that's really special that you're actually going yeah.
1: to enjoy. I love trying new foods. And it's made cooking more enjoyable as well. I think, you know, some of your recipes have been great. But then I've, I've also searched out my own and or experimented with my own. I mentioned the, the trip to Morocco. I brought back a bunch of spices, a bunch of wonderful spices that I've been able to experiment with. And you said about enjoyment. That's really what this should be about. Because I mean, aren't we the only animals who like eating for enjoyment as well? So why why can't we enjoy it? All primates. Oh, oh is that right? for, primates for Sure. Too. Volunteered for years
0: during high school with, with a place that had oh, chimpanzees. <laughs> and so they absolutely there's cool. it. There are things that they love and things that they do not want. And like you say, Genevieve, I think it's so cool. Thanks for talking about this because I think that you're someone who, because you do love mm-hmm. good food, you know, you're proof positive that healthy, delicious food that serves us well can be delicious. It doesn't have to no. be bland or weird hippie stuff, <laughs> rabbit food. You know, it's not just all salty. No. All and look, I mean, all of us need to figure out like, okay, where is that important tipping point between like, maybe I'm strategic about my indulgence, but I'm still indulging yeah. too often, right? Like we have to find yeah. out okay, this is how often and how mm-hmm. I can engage in this and still get the results that yeah. I'm after, yeah. right? Versus just going overboard. It's like, we can be mindful and indulging yeah,
1: too often. I think that's right.
0: <laughs> so the frequency I, matters. And
1: I think, um, you know, I, I'm trying to have more of like a consistency and instead of the, the peaks and valleys, but it doesn't mean that there aren't peaks and valleys. Yep. Part of being me. human.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things, but are there any other like strategies and tools that you still use regularly or that you've found most helpful for you, especially, you know, in times when you're crazy busy with work or? Dealing with something that's, you know, emotional or traveling.
1: I I would say that recording my food, whether it's I I just make Mm -hmm. a note on my phone or write it down in a journal or something, that tends to help me just kind of look at what I'm doing. Even if I only do it for a couple of days or for a weekend trip or something, like it's a quick thing to do. And like I said, you can do it on your phone too. An easier way than writing it down is just taking pictures of your food. And so just like take a snapshot and, and just be honest with yourself. Like, Oh, okay. So I did have that massive breakfast and I wanted to have, (laughs) you know, that stack of pancakes, but you know, that means that I'm going to be more cognizant of the rest of the day and what those calories are? Yeah, not just calories, but like what what else am I putting in my body? Because <laughs> like, like all this, right. All this, uh, all these pancakes are. Uh, I'm I'm making up that scenario, <laughs> but you get the gist. Um, but you know, all those pancakes aren't necessarily <laughs> providing me unless there was some fruit on top. Uh, they weren't providing me much, much right. nutrition. So something you also said, which I have incorporated, is because if you recall, <laughs> I've had I had. Quite a, a couple of times, pretty serious times where I was going on a trip and I didn't prepare myself for it. And mm. remember when I was telling you, I was uh, going out to Whidbey Island and, and I, right. everything was closed by the time I got there. I thought yes. for sure I could at least just go in the supermarket or something. No, everything was closed yeah. in the area. Because I emergency. was freaking out. And the only thing was yeah. open was a pizza shop, a pizza joint. And which is, not the end of the world. I mean, pizza is fine. I, I just was, mm, you know, me and gluten I have a relationship. <laughs> it's a relationship. And, you know, so I got the pizza and I just was like, oh, I, I felt crummy and it tasted good though. So I, I gave myself a little. <laughs> um, but I, I, I told you the next time we spoke, I said, I really wasn't prepared. And so now I, I do go on business trips. I'm leaving on another business trip on Monday. You know, I go on business trips and I make sure that I have healthy protein bars, things that like, just to make sure that I'm covered, especially if I'm feeling like, oh my God, I'm starving right now so that I do not make some stupid choice. I try to make a better choice, but if I don't have that option, like I didn't in that scenario, I mean, having a protein bar is not a sufficient dinner meal either, but At least it could help help me get to the morning and not feel like I had to, you know, my only choice was to eat a pizza. And I didn't eat the whole thing, of course, but I, you know, made sure there was vegetables on it at least. So, but yeah, there you go. I mean, those are a couple of things that I uh, continue to use.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. I'm not super consistent with my tracking either, but at times when I feel Like I just need to reset a little bit and be Mm -hmm. more mindful with what and when and how often I'm eating. I love to use food journal too, just because the basic act of saying, okay, I'm Mm going to record this. It makes me think twice about, am I really hungry? If not, what's actually going Mm -hmm. on with me? Am I just wanting to emotionally eat for some reason? And then like, what am I craving? Yeah. If I'm genuinely hungry and like, why? Like, what do I actually need? What's, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Do I want to make this choice? Cause I'm going to have to sit right. down or do I want to be like, no, actually, really, <laughs> yeah, that no. doesn't really serve me if I'm honest with myself. So I'm going to have X, Y, Z instead. But I think the food emergency is such an important thing to avoid because once we get to that point of being ravenous, mm-hmm. yeah. super hungry like that, like your brain is oh, yeah. going to go for the highest quote unquote, value food. like, And that usually means like high sugar, high carb, like that's what you're going to gravitate towards. And so not setting yourself up for that Mm -hmm. situation, setting yourself Mm -hmm. up for success is really key. I mean, my husband jokes that I he calls my purse the baby bag (laughs) because
1: I we don't have to,
0: but I always have like protein bars or or seeds or something like that. I have them in my car. I pack, you know, packing cubes on trips with me of all kinds of things. Now, given I have genuine food intolerances. So I have to plan. I have to plan ahead because I can't rely on being able to find something in an airport situation or after hours when things are closed in a foreign country Like I may not be able to find something that I can eat. So I plan ahead. But I think that that's a way that we can kind of go, oh, if I had these genuine food allergies, like against things that I know don't work well for me or make me feel off or don't help me reach my goals, like, how would I plan for that? How would I pack yeah. ahead of time. What would I keep in my handbag? It's just a simple, mm-hmm. simple way to think about it and, and plan ahead. And look, you know, do I remember to do it every single time? <laughs> no. And I think that that's a misconception that people have about the word consistency. They think that that means like you are consistently, constantly, every day making the right decision. Yeah. It does not mean that. It means that you're making it often and more often than not, right? Enough so that you yeah. get the results. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think that that that's key i mean i can think of there was a trip i took to mexico uh, last year and i had forgotten to pack some healthier snacks and i was changing planes and i got to the next airport and then I, that's where i sought out buying some healthy things because i thought once i get to mexico i think everything's going to be closed so it just because i've been mm-hmm. in these scenarios I'm like, let me just like, at least yeah. fret myself that I have something to eat when I get to Mexico because A, it's a foreign country. I have no idea what will be open at that hour. And B, sure. I, I just don't want to be in a ravenous state. So I, I bought myself some beautiful protein bars and I think I bought a banana and, and some nuts. And so th- then I was prepared. So and right. I wasn't prepared. I'm saying. So I made up for it. So I worked it <laughs> so out. Worked and I it made out. up for it yeah. before I uh, got myself into a situation where I was like, "Oh, geez." So right, yeah, yeah. I love it. Well done.
0: <laughs> so, Danny, what would you tell somebody who is maybe in a similar place to where you were mm-hmm. before we worked together, and who is seeking support in this area or? maybe more specifically is considering working with me just as a, you know, a starting place. Like what would you, what advice would you give? I mean, of course
1: work with you. <laughs> Let's start with that. Let, let, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I I'll just, you later. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that, I hope that's uh, this whole <laughs> podcast has been a testament to that, but I, I'm a big believer in coaches in general, particularly when I, I don't really know where to start and, and, or I, mm-hmm maybe have had misinformation. I mean, I, I have a, a coach at work. I consider my accountant a coach for me financially. So I'm a big believer in, in getting people to help you in areas where you don't have all the tools or information. And a coach like yourself is, is somebody who keeps you, keeps you honest. And not that I I don't feel like I lie to myself, at least anymore. But I feel like I got past that goal. Not past, I got through it to live it, if you will. Like the the tools Mm -hmm. and the things that we worked on and the challenges that we worked on for those few years was stuff I'm taking with me the rest of my life. So, yeah, I encourage people to even if it's to work with you for a year or six months, I just feel like that there's a lot that can be learned. And when you have somebody who's who's your champion, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to as well. Um, You're an educator and I learned a lot from you. So I I thought I knew a lot about this part of my life. I I didn't. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I have to say. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate that, and I think
0: I think it's particularly helpful in our day and age because there is so much overwhelming information, contradictory no. information out there. General sort of mainstream medical community hasn't quite right. caught up with no. nutrition and where the science is on that. Most doctors don't know a lot about nutrition and don't have the bandwidth right. to learn it, and you know, hey, look, it, not everyone can afford to work one-on-one with coaches, but I I do think that there are great resources out there that are either free or low cost. You have programs that are, you have media. great programs. I mean. I do as well. Yep. I have yeah. kind of a wide array from, you know, starting at really, you know, really inexpensive online kind sure. of DIY products. I am not the most <laughs> prolific when it comes to social media <laughs> posting, but I, I try to show up there and share good, mm-hmm. useful
1: information. I think your website um, also has some great you know, information.
0: Yes, yeah. I have tons of yeah. recipes and stuff on my website. So, you know, there is a lot of great information mm-hmm. out there that you now have yeah. access to, even if you don't have the resources to that's, hire that's, someone to that's work fair. with you one-on-one. That's fair. Yeah, but I would just say, you know, that the, the caveat being again, try to come from a place of curiosity and yeah. self-empowerment where you're, you're learning, okay, how can I incorporate things and, and experiment and figure out, learn what's going to work for my body versus jumping on the bandwagon of mm-hmm. the fad diet. We've talked about fasting and stuff in, in past episodes, and I'll dive into it more in the future, but this whole intermittent fasting thing, okay, great, works very differently mm-hmm. for men than for women. And the typical let's just skip breakfast every day thing does not work well for most of us women long-term. And that's just Mm -hmm. one example, right, of taking a more individualized approach and and learning, hey, what works with me, checking in with your body, learning to pay attention to its signals, recognize its signals, right? So, Go on forever. Go on and on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think
0: we made the point. But, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I think this was – really great. And I so appreciate your time and you just you're a rock star. I'm so <laughs> proud of all that you've accomplished and you're just, you know, determination and dedication yeah. to taking yeah. care of yourself and honoring your body because that's what it comes down to, you know, whether there's a weight loss yeah. school or not, like at the end of the day, like we just need to take better care of our bodies because they're incredible and they're only ever trying to yeah. keep us alive.
1: Uh, yeah. And right. sometimes and- in spite of ourselves, they'll still do it. But God, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if you could just feel as good as you wanted to? And I keep thinking about myself at 90 years old, like, I want to be able to get out of that chair, you know, without yeah. too much struggle. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm present and interesting to be around. And all, a lot of that comes to what I'm putting in my body and how I can show up as a daughter, right. Right, as a friend as a lover, as whatever, as a, as an executive, you know, it, that's what you've been able to coach me to. And so I, I thank you for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes me happy because that is always my goal is to help you just live a better, fuller <laughs> life. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for <laughs> joining me, Jennifer. This has thank been you, so Jamie. much fun and everybody go ahead and check out the show notes. I'll put, you know, links to that podcast episode I mentioned and links to the DIY programs on my site that we mentioned. And you can contact me through all of those channels or on social if you have questions or you're interested in working together. And yeah, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave me a quick review. Also, check out the show notes for links to connect, follow and share this podcast and for information featured in each episode. See you next time. I am not a doctor and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach-client relationship. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast or any other, and do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking a new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinion of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Genie Oliver Wellness LLC or our producers.